Section 24 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 3. The French War and the Revolution, 1745 to 1782 by francis whiting halsey section twenty four john paul jones sea fight seventeen seventy nine by john paul jones on the morning of that day the twenty third the brig from holland not being in sight we chased a brigantine that appeared laying to the windward about noon we saw and chased a large ship that appeared coming round flamborough head from the northward and at the same time i manned and armed one of the pilot boats to sail in pursuit of the brigantine which now appeared to be the vessel that i had forced ashore soon after this a fleet of forty-one sail appeared off flamborough head bearing north-northeast this induced me to abandon the single ship which had then anchored in burlington bay i also called back the pilot boat and hoisted a signal for a general chase when the fleet discovered us bearing down all the merchant ships crowded sail toward the shore the two ships of war that protected the fleet at the same time steered from the land and made the disposition for the battle in approaching the enemy i crowded every possible sail and made the signal for the line of battle to which the alliance showed no attention earnest as i was for the action i could not reach the commodore's ship until seven in the evening being then within pistol-shot when he hailed the bonhomme richard we answered him by firing a whole broadside the battle being thus begun was continued with unremitting fury every method was practised on both sides to gain an advantage and rake each other and i must confess that the enemy's ship being much more manageable than the bonhomme richard gained thereby several times an advantageous situation in spite of my best endeavours to prevent it as i had to deal with an enemy of greatly superior force i was under the necessity of closing with him to prevent the advantage which he had over me in point of manoeuvre it was my intention to lay the bonhomme richard athwart the enemy's bow but as that operation required great dexterity in the management of both sails and helm and some of our braces being shot away it did not exactly succeed to my wishes the enemy's bowsprit however came over the bonhomme richard's poop by the mizzenmast and i made both ships fast together in that situation which by the action of the wind on the enemy's sails forced her stern close to the bonhomme richard's bow so that the ships lay square alongside of each other the yards being all entangled and the cannon of each ship touching the opponent's side when this position took place it was eight o'clock previous to which the bonhomme richard had received sundry eighteen pounds shot below the water and leaked very much my battery of twelve pounders on which i had placed my chief dependence being commanded by lieutenant dale and colonel wyvert and manned principally with american seamen and french volunteers were entirely silenced and abandoned as to the six old eighteen pounders that formed the battery of the lower gun deck they did no service whatever two out of three of them burst at the first fire and killed almost all the men who were stationed to manage them 
before this time too colonel de chamillard who commanded a party of twenty soldiers on the poop had abandoned that station after having lost some of his men these men deserted their quarters i had now only two pieces of cannon nine pounders on the quarter-deck that were not silenced and not one of the heavier cannons was fired during the rest of the action the purser mr meese who commanded the guns on the quarter-deck being dangerously wounded in the head i was obliged to fill his place and with great difficulty rallied a few men and shifted over one of the lee quarter-deck guns so that we afterward played three pieces of nine-pounders upon the enemy the tops alone seconded the fire of this little battery and held out bravely during the whole of the action especially the main top where lieutenant stack commanded i directed the fire of one of the three cannon against the mainmast with double-headed shot while the other two were exceedingly well served with grape and canister shot to silence the enemy's musketry and clear her decks which was at last effected the enemy were as i have since understood on the instant of calling for quarters when the cowardice or treachery of three of my under-officers induced them to call to the enemy the english commodore asked me if i demanded quarters and i having answered him in the most determined negative they renewed the battle with double fury they were unable to stand the deck but the fire of their cannon especially the lower battery which was entirely formed of eighteen pounders was incessant both ships were set on fire in various places and the scene was dreadful beyond the reach of language to account for the timidity of my three under officers i mean the gunner the carpenter and the master-at-arms i must observe that the two first were slightly wounded and as the ship had received various shots under water and one of the pumps being shot away the carpenter expressed his fear that she would sink and the other two concluded that she was sinking which occasioned the gunner to run aft on the poop without my knowledge to strike the colours fortunately for me a cannon-ball had done that before by carrying away the ensign staff he was therefore reduced to the necessity of sinking as he supposed or of calling for quarter and he preferred the latter all this time the bonhomme richard had sustained the action alone and the enemy though much superior in force would have been very glad to have got clear as appears by their own acknowledgments and by their having let go an anchor the instant that i laid them on board by which means they would have escaped had i not made them well fast to the bonhomme richard at last at half-past nine o'clock the alliance appeared and i now thought the battle at an end but to my utter astonishment he discharged a broadside full into the stern of the bonhomme richard we called to him for god's sake to forbear firing into the bonhomme richard yet he passed along the off side of the ship and continued firing there was no possibility of his mistaking the enemy's ship for the bonhomme richard there being the most essential difference in their appearance and construction besides it was then full moonlight and the sides of the bonhomme richard were all black while the sides of the prizes were yellow yet for the greater security i shewed the signal of our reconnaissance by putting out three lanthorns one at the head bow another at the stern quarter and the third in the middle in a horizontal line every tongue cried that he was firing into the wrong ship but nothing availed he passed round firing into the bonhomme richard's head stern and broadside and by one of his volleys killed several of my best men and mortally wounded a good officer on the forecastle. my situation was really deplorable 
the bonhomme richard received various shot under water from the alliance the leak gained on the pumps and the fire increased much on board both ships some officers persuaded me to strike of whose courage and good sense i entertain a high opinion my treacherous master-at-arms let loose all my prisoners without my knowledge and my prospect became gloomy indeed i would not however give up the point the enemy's mainmast began to shake their firing decreased ours increased and the british colours were struck at half-past ten o'clock the prize proved to be the british ship of war the serapis a new ship of forty-four guns built on their most approved construction with two complete batteries one of them eighteen-pounders and commanded by the brave commodore richard pearson i have yet two enemies to encounter far more formidable than the britons i mean fire and water the serapis was attacked only by the first but the bonhomme richard was assailed by both there were five feet of water in the hold and though it was moderate from the explosion of so much gunpowder yet the three pumps that remained could with difficulty only keep the water from gaining the fire broke out in various parts of the ship in spite of all the water that could be thrown to quench it and at length broke out as low as the powder magazine and within a few inches of the powder in that dilemma i took out the powder upon deck ready to be thrown overboard at the last extremity and it was ten o'clock the next day the twenty-fourth before the fire was entirely extinguished with respect to the situation of the von home richard the rudder was cut entirely off the stern frame and the transoms were almost entirely cut away the timbers by the lower deck especially from the main mast to the stern being greatly decayed with age were mangled beyond my power of description and a person must have been an eye-witness to form a just idea of the tremendous scene of carnage wreck and ruin that everywhere appeared humanity cannot but recoil from the prospect of such finished horror and lament that war should produce such fatal consequences after the carpenters as well as captain de Cotonneau, and other men of sense had well examined and surveyed the ship which was not finished before five in the evening i found every person to be convinced that it was impossible to keep the bonhomme richard afloat so as to reach a port if the wind should increase it being then only a very moderate breeze i had but little time to remove my wounded which now became unavoidable and which was effected in the course of the night and next morning i was determined to keep the bonhomme richard afloat and if possible to bring her into port for that purpose the first lieutenant of the palace continued on board with a party of men to attend the pumps with boats in waiting ready to take them on board in case the water should gain on them too fast the wind augmented in the night and the next day on the twenty fifth so that it was impossible to prevent the good old ship from sinking they did not abandon her till after nine o'clock the water was then up to the lower deck and a little after ten i saw with inexpressible grief the last glimpse of the bonhomme richard no lives were lost with the ship but it was impossible to save the stores of any sort whatever i lost even the best part of my clothes books and papers and several of my officers lost all their clothes and effects End of section twenty four.